0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us, on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you.
1: The voice of the Holy One thunders over the waters, is humming in Jesus and is whispered by the Spirit. Let us pray that we may hear God's voice. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, and prepare our hearts to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may delight in your will and walk in your ways through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verses 10 through 19. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He reached a certain place and spent the night there. When the sun had set, he took one of the stones at that place and put it near his head. Then he lay down there. He dreamed and saw a raised staircase, its foundation on earth, and its top touching the sky. And God's messengers were ascending and descending on it. Suddenly, the Holy One was standing on it and saying, I am the Holy One, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will become like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the West, East, North, and South. Every family of earth will be blessed because of you and your descendants. I am with you now. I will protect you everywhere you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done everything that I have promised you. When Jacob woke from his sleep, He thought to himself, the Holy One is definitely in this place, but I didn't know it. He was terrified and thought, this sacred place is awesome. It's none other than God's house and the entrance to heaven. After Jacob got up early in the morning, he took the stone that he had put near his head, set it up as a sacred pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He named the sacred place Bethel, though loose was the city's original name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the Torah and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: as an emergency room physician, Dr. Eugenia South knew that she would receive top priority for the COVID-19 vaccine. Yet for months, she insisted that she would not take it during the first round of distribution. Oh, she intended to get those two shots. Eventually, Dr. South is a firm believer in vaccines. But if there were any adverse side effects, she wanted to know beforehand. You see, as a black woman and a doctor, she had witnessed with her own eyes the disrespect black patients have received at the hands of her colleagues. Troubling symptoms, pain, concerns all too readily dismissed when the patient has a skin color like hers. Dr. South recently published an essay describing how her mind changed about the coronavirus vaccine. She not only researched mRNA and studied the trial results and weighed the risks, she also had to wrestle with a mistrust that stretches back to the forced sterilization of black women, back to the scourge of syphilis left untreated in black men. She had to satisfy both her scientific brain's need for facts and her soul's deep need to be seen and heard. Eugenia South would understand why Nathaniel was so wary to meet Jesus. Here comes Philip bounding towards Nathaniel under the fig tree, breathless with excitement. Philip, calm down, catch your breath. What are you trying to say? We have found the one Moses wrote about in the Torah, the one the prophets wrote about, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nazareth? Nathanael's guard is up. He has seen this all before. Now there's nothing particularly wrong with being from Nazareth. Nathaniel grew up in neighboring Cana, another town in Galilee, where Jesus will shortly attend a wedding. No, Nathaniel has no prejudice against Nazareth. But the last time someone from Galilee was hailed as a Messiah and King of Israel, things didn't end well. Years before, when the Roman emperor ordered a census. Yes, that census, the one we hear about at Christmas. A Galilean man named Judas stirred the people into a revolt against Rome. This taxation is no better than an introduction to slavery, he cried. Assert your freedom. Imagine being a child like Nathaniel, hearing your neighbors talk excitedly about this national hero. He is probably the kingly messiah who will liberate Judea and usher in a kingdom ruled by God alone. Soon, you and your sisters and brothers are playing games of revolutionaries and Romans. And of course, the eldest sibling gets to be Judas, the Messiah, the Savior hinted at in the Torah and promised by the prophets. Everyone's hopes are high. But you know the saying the higher they are, the harder they fall. Roman soldiers retaliate, Judas is killed and his sons are crucified. People scatter, and there are aunts and uncles and cousins Nathaniel never sees again, and God's kingdom still has not come. Can you taste the bitterness in Nathaniel's mouth? After all that hurt and pain. Of course he throws Philip's excitement back in his face. Can anything like what you're describing be good? If it's from Cana or Capernaum or Nazareth? When the past dictates the future, There is no possibility, just more of the same. When people take up the refrain, We tried that, we tried that, and it didn't work. Imagination withers on the vine, and hope succumbs to heartache. You can try to outrun the past, they'll say, but the past will catch up to you. Jacob was running. He had deceived his father, connived with his mother, and manipulated his brother. In fact, he had angered his twin Esau so much that the elder brother, had sworn to crack open the younger skulls. In fact, he had angered his twin Esau so much that the elder brother had sworn to crack open the younger brother's skull. So, under the pretense of finding a nice Mesopotamian girl to marry, Jacob ran. Jacob spent Too much of his life thinking the past was on his tail. Only when he stopped to rest did his actual pursuer appear to him the Holy One, the God of his parents and grandparents. God had been running beside Jacob this whole time. God knew who Jacob was a liar a cheat, a complicated human being. Only the one who knew Jacob's past could promise him a future, a future that is more than what is now and what has been. And so, to the childless, God promised descendants as far-flung as dust, To this nomad, God promised a home. To the guy with a target on his back, God promised refuge. When Jacob awoke, ah, overwhelmed him. This must be Beth El, the house of God, the entrance into sacred reality. But when generations of Jacob's descendants worshipped there centuries later, they understood that the God who extends a future of peace and promise goes with us wherever we go. Come and see, Philip urges Nathaniel. Come and see. But it is Nathanael who is seen, seen and heard and known by Jesus. Jesus welcomes Nathaniel's skepticism as a gift. Here is a genuine Israelite, one who is faithful to God alone and not to any pretender. It is Jesus' openness to Nathaniel not following him that makes room for the holy spirit to move in Nathaniel's heart to stir up a new promise you will see greater things than these in fact you will see angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one Because in Jesus Christ, God has pitched a tent. The Word became flesh. Here is the new Beth-El, God's home among us. Receive the promise, Nathaniel. In the company of Christ, you have a future that is more than what is now and more than what has been. That promised future isn't always easy to trust. Too often, we human beings place all our stock in what has been. That was the case in Montgomery, Alabama, back in 1955. Like their black neighbors, like that new pastor at Dexter Baptist Church, Dr. King, white citizens of Montgomery assumed that the black community's boycott of the bus system would only last a few days. But as days passed over into weeks and then months, white folks in Montgomery realized that they had a bona fide Economic crisis on their hands. That's when Dr. King started receiving death threats call off the boycott or die. Towards the end of the boycott, as many as 40 such phone calls came in every day, each a testimony to white Montgomerian's fears that obscured a future of promised equality. Now Dr. King was afraid, too. How could the movement go on with the future so uncertain? One night, January twenty-seventh, 1956, King reached a breaking point. He was pacing in the kitchen, his nerves on edge when the phone rang. Leave Montgomery immediately. If you have no wish to die, click. Hands shaking, King sank into a chair at his kitchen table. In his book, Stride Toward Freedom, King describes what happened next. I was ready to give up. With my cup of coffee sitting untouched before me, I tried to think of a way to move out of the picture without appearing a coward. In this state of exhaustion, When my courage had all but gone, I decided to take my problem to God. With my head in my hands, I bowed over the kitchen table and prayed aloud. At that moment, I experienced the presence of the divine as I had never experienced God before it seemed as though I could hear the quiet assurance of an inner voice saying, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and God will be at your side forever. Almost at once, my fears began to go, my uncertainty disappeared. I was ready to face anything. Three days later, a bomb blasted his house. King's family escaped harm by a hair's breadth. Strangely enough, he later wrote, I accepted the word of the bombing calmly. God's powerful presence abided with him, strengthening him for the days ahead. Now news of the bombing drew a crowd. As friends and neighbors pressed up against the shattered house and shouted for vengeance, King mounted the broken porch and raised his hands. We must meet hate with love. Remember, if I am stopped, this movement will not stop because God is with this movement. Go home with this glorious faith and radiant assurance. And thus the mob dissipated, their mood disarmed, their ears ringing with God's promised future. God was with Jacob, God saw into Nathanael's very soul. God is with us now and knows us through and through. God knows where this church has been. The pleasant times, the hard times, both when we have been a light to our community and when we've hidden our light away. God is with us now, outside of our comfort zone, worshipping awkwardly on the internet, uncertain of what our future will be. Friends, let this promise wash over you, as it does in the waters of baptism. Whoever you are, wherever you go, God sees you, and knows you, and loves you. And here the waters declare God's grace is wider still. The Holy One is dreaming up a future beyond what is now, beyond what has been. Better than Jacob's dream is God's kingdom, where neighbors like Dr. Eugenia South do not have to worry about whether their families will receive fair treatment at the hospital. Better than Nathan's leap of faith are the greater things that Jesus has for us to see unfolding in our own corner of creation. So friends, let us dream with God. Let us open our hearts to trust the promise of a future more lively and more lovely than even the best that the past has witnessed. Let us welcome the challenge and blessing of grace. And for such grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God source of our calling, spirit of power, savior of the world. Amen.